Hello, Warriors. Welcome to my podcast about the Warrior Cats. Today, I'm going to read you the first chapter from Warrior Cats Into the Wild. Chapter 1. It was very dark. Rusty could sense something was near. The young Tomcat's eyes opened wide as he scanned the dense underground. This place was unfamiliar, but the strange sense drew him onward, deeper into the shadows. His stomach rolled, reminding him of his hunger. He opened his jaw slightly to let the warm smells of the forest reach the scent glance on the roof of his mouth. Musty odors of leaf mold mingled with a tempering aroma of small of a small furry creature. Suddenly, a flash of gray raced past him. Rusty stopped still, listening. It was hiding in the leaves, less than two tail lengths away. Rusty knew it was a mouse. He could feel the rapid pulsing of a tiny heart deep within his ear fur. He swallowed, stifling his rumbling stomach. Soon his hunger would be satisfied. Slowly he lowered his body into position, crouching for the attack. He was downwind of a mouse. He knew it was not aware of him. With one final check on his prey's position, Rusty pushed back hard on his haunches and sprang, kicking up leaves on the forest floor as he rose. The mouse divided for cover, heading toward a hole in the ground, but Rusty was already on top of it. He scooped it into the air, looking the hel- hooking the helpless creature with his torn sharp claws, flinging it up in the air in the high arc onto the leaf-covered ground. His mouse landed dazzled, but alive. It tried to run, but Rusty snatched it up again. He tossed the mouse once more, this time a little further away. The mouse managed to scramble a few paces before Rusty caught up with it. Suddenly, a noise roared nearby. Rusty looked around, and as he, he did so, the mouse was able to pull away from his claws. When Rusty turned back, he saw it, it dart into the darkness among the tangled roots of a tree. Angry, Rusty gave up the hunt. He spun around, his green eyes glaring, intent on searching out the noise that has cost him his kill. The sound rattled on, becoming more familiar. Rusty blinked open his eyes. The forest has disappeared. He was inside a hot and airless kitchen, curled up in his bed. Moonlight filtered through the window, chasing shadows the smooth hard floor. The noise has been the rattle of hard, dried pellets of food as they were tipped into his dish. Rusty has been dreaming. Lifting his head, he rests his chin on the side of his bed. His collar rubbed uncomfortably around his neck. In his dream, he had he had felt fresh air ruffling the soft fur where the collar unusually pinched. Rusty rolled onto his back, saving the dream for a few more moments. He could still smell mouse. It was the third time since full moon that he had the dream, and every time the mouse escaped his grasp. He licked his lips. From his bed, he could smell the bland odor odor of his food. His owners already always refilled his dish before they went to bed. The dusty smell chased away the warm sense of his dream, but the hunger rumbled in his stomach, 
So Rusty stretched sleep out of his limbs and pa padded across the kitchen floor to his dinner. The food felt dry and tasteless on his tongue. Rusty reluctantly swallowed one more mouthful. Then he turned away from the food dish and and pushed his way out to the cat flat, hoping that the smell of the garden would bring back the feelings from his dream. Outside, the moon was bright. It was raining lightly. Rusty stalked down the tidy garden, following the starlit gravel path, feeling the stones cold and sharp beneath his paws. He made his dirt beneath a large bus with glossy green leaves and heavy purple flowers. Their sickly sweet scents cloyed the damp air around him, and he curled his lip to drive the smell out of his nostrils. Afterwards, Rusty settled down on the top of one of the posts in the fence that marked the limit of his garden. It was his a favorite spot of his, as he could see right into the neighbor, neighboring gardens, as well as into the dense green forest on the other side of the garden fence. The rain has stopped. Behind him, the closed car law was bathed in moonlight, but beyond this fence, the wood... The woods were full of shadows. Rusty stretched his head forward to take a sniff of the damp air. His skin was warm and dry under his thick coat, but he could feel the weight of the raindrops that sprinkled on his ginger fur. He heard his owners giving him one last call from the back door. If he went to them now, they would greet him with gentle words and caresses and welcome him into onto their bed where he could curl purring warm in the croak of a bent knee. But this time, Rusty ignored his owner's voices and turned his gaze back to the forest. The crisp smell of the woods had grown fresher after the rain. Suddenly, the fur on his spine prickled. Was something moving out there? Was someone watching him? Rusty stared ahead, but it was impossible to see or smell anything. In a dark tree sense there, he lifted his chin boldly, stood up, and stretched one paw, gripping each corner of the fence post as he straightened his legs and arched his back. He closed his eyes and breathed in the smell of the woods one more. It seemed to promise him something, tempting him onward into the whispering shadows. Tensing his muscles, he crouched for a moment, then he leaped lightly down into the rough grass on the other side of the garden fence. As he landed, the bell on his collar rang out out through the night, still night air. Where are you off to, Rusty? meowed a familiar voice behind him. Rusty looked up. A young black and white cat was balancing ungracefully on the fence. Hello, Smudge, Rusty replied. You're not going... You're not going to go into the woods, are you? Smudged Amber's eyes, Amber eyes were huge. Just for a look, Rusty promised, shifting uncomfortably. You wouldn't get me in there. It's dangerous. Smudge wrinkled his back no black nose with distaste. Henry said he went into the woods once. The cat lifted his head and gestures with the nose over the rows of fences toward the garden where Henry lived. That fat old tabby never went into the woods, Rusty scoffed. He's hardly been beyond his own garden since his trip to the 
All he wants to do is eat and sleep. No, really. He caught a robin there, Smudge insisted. Well, if he did, then it was before the vet. Now he complains about birds because they're disturbing his dozing. Well, anyway, Smudge went on, ignoring the scorn in Rusty's mouth. Henry told me there are all sorts of dangerous animals out there. Huge wildcats who eat live rabbits for breakfast and sharpen their claws on old bones. I'm only going for a look around, Rusty meowed. I won't stay long. Well, don't say I didn't warn you, purred Smudge. The black and white cat turned and plunged off the fence back down into his own garden. Rusty sat down in the coarse grass beyond the garden fence. He gave her shoulder a nervous lick and wondered how much of Smudge gossip was true. Suddenly, the movement of a tiny creature caught his eye. He wangled its cruddle under some brambles. Instinct made him drop up into a low crouch. With one slow paw after the other, he drew his body forward through the underground. Ears prickled, nostril flared, eyes unblinking. He moved toward the animal. He could see it clearly now, sitting up among the barbed branches, nibbling on the large seed held between its paws. It was a mess. Rusty rocked his haunches from the side to side, preparing to leap. He held his breath in case his bell rang again. Excitement coursed through him, making his heart proud. This was even better than his dreams. Then a sudden noise of cracking twigs and crunching leaves made him jump. His belt jangled treacherously, and the mouse darted away into the thickest tangle of bramble bush. Rusty stood very still and looked around. He could see the white tip of a red bushy tail trailing through a clump of tall ferns up ahead. He smelled a strong, strange scent, definitely a meat eater, but neither cat nor dog. Distracted, Rusty forgot about the mouse and watched the red tail curiously. He wanted a better look. All of Rusty's senses strained ahead as he prowled forward. Then he detected another noise. It came from behind, but sounded muted and distant. He swiveled his ears backward to hear it better. Paw steps? He wondered, but he kept his eyes fixed on a strange red fur up ahead and continued to creep onward. It was only when the faint rustling behind him became a loud and fast-approaching leaf crackle that Rusty realized he was in danger. The creature hit him like an explosion, and Rusty was thrown sideways into a clump of nettles. Twisting and yowling, he tried to throw off the attacker that has fastened itself on his back. It was gripping him with incredibly sharp claws. Rusty could feel spiked teeth pricking in his neck. He writhed and squirmed from whisker to tail, but he couldn't free himself. For a second, he felt helpless. Then he froze. Thinking fast, he flipped over on, onto his back. He knew instinctively how dangerous it was to expose his soft belly, but it was the, his only chance. He was lucky. The ploy seemed to work. He heard a hoot beneath him as the breath was knocked out of his attacker. Trashly, fiercely, 
Wesley managed to wiggle free. Without looking back, he sprinted toward his home. Behind him, a rush of paw steps told Rusty his attacker was giving chase. Even through the pain from his scratches stung beneath his fur, Rusty decided he would rather run and fight than let himself be jumped on again. He skidded to a stop, spun around, and faced his pursuer. It was another kitten with a thick coat of shaggy gray fur, strong legs, and a broad face. In a heartbeat, Rusty smelled that it was a tom and sensed the power in the sturdy shoulders underneath the soft coat. Then the kitten crashed into, into Rusty at a full pelt. Taken by surprise by Rusty's turnabout, it fell back into a dazed heap. The impact knocked the breath out of Rusty and the stirred. He quickly found his footing and arched his back, puffing out his orange fur, ready to spring onto the other kitten. But his attacker simply sat and before and began to lick a forepaw, all signs of aggression gone. Rusty Lee felt strangely disappointed. Every part of him was tense, ready for battle. Hi there, kitty pet, meowed Great John cheerily. You put up quite a fight for a tame kitty. Rusty remained on tip-top, tiptoe for a second, wondering whatever, whether to attack anyone. Then he remembered the stri- strength he has felt in the kitten's paw when he pinned him onto the ground. He dropped onto his pads, loosened his muscles, and let it, his spine unbent. And I'll fight you again if I have to, he growled. I'm great, pal, by the way. The great kitten went on, ignoring Rusty's threat. I'm training to be a ThunderClan warrior. Rusty remained silent. He didn't understand what this gray watchit was meowing about, but he sensed the threat has passed. He hid his confusion by leaning down to lick his ruffled chest. What's a kitty pet like you doing out in the woods? Don't you know it's dangerous? asked Grandpa. If you're the most dangerous thing in the woods has to offer, then I think I can handle it, Rusty bluffed. Grandpa looked up at him for a moment, narrowing his big yellow eyes. Oh, I'm far from the most dangerous. If I were even half a warrior, I'd given you an instrument, like some real ones to think about. Rusty felt a thrill of fear at his ominous words. What did the cat, this cat mean by instrument? Anyway, mounted Greypot, using sharp teeth to tug a clump of grass from between his claws. I didn't think it was worth hurting you. You're obviously not one of the other clans. Other clans? Rusty echoed, confused. Grandpa let out an impatient hiss. You must have heard of the four warrior clans that hunt around here. I belong to Thunderclaw. The other cat clans are always trying to steal prey from our territory, especially Shadow Clan. They're so fierce that I would have ripped you to shreds. No question asked. Grandpa paused to spit angry and continued. They come to take prey and that's rightfully ours is the job of the thunder clan warriors to keep him out of our territory all when i finish my training i'll be so dangerous i'll have the other clan shaking in their flea-bitten skins 
They won't dare come near us then. Rusty narrowed his eyes. This must be one of the wildcats Smartrust warning him about. Living rough in the woods, hunting and fighting each other for the every last scrap of food. Yet Rusty didn't feel scared. In fact, it was hard not to admire this confident kitten. So you're not a warrior yet? He asked. Why, did you think I was? Graypaw purred proudly. Then he shook his wide, furry head. I won't be a real warrior for ages. I have to go through the training first. Kids have to be six months old before they even begin training. Tonight is my first night out as an appreciator. Why don't you find yourself an owner with a nice cozy house instead? Your life will be much easier. Rusty meowed. There are plenty of house folks who take in kin like you. All you have to do is sit where they can see you and look hungry for a couple of days. And they would feed me pellets that look like rabbit droppings and soft slop. Grandpa interrupted. No way. I can think of anything worse than being a kitty pet. They're, they're nothing but tool-like toys. Eating stuff that looks like food, making dirt in a box of gravel, sticking their nose outside only when the two legs allowed them. That's no life. Out there it's wild and it's free. We come and go as we please. He finished his speech with a proud spit, then mouthed mercifully. Until you've tasted a fresh-killed mouse, you haven't lived. Have you, have you ever tasted mouse? No, Rusty admitted a little defensively. Not yet. I'll guess you'll never understand. Grandpa sighed. You weren't born wild. It makes a big difference. You need to be born with warrior blood in your veins or the feel of the wind in your whiskers. Kitties born into tool-like nests could never feel the same way. Rusty remembered the way he has felt in the stream. That's not true, he meowed indignantly. Grandpa did not reply. He suddenly stiffed miserably, one paw still raised and sniffing the air. I smell cats for my clan, he hissed. Here go. They won't be pleasant to Find you hunting in our territory. Rusty looked around, wondering how Grandpa knew any cat was approaching. He couldn't smell anything different on the leaves since breeze, but his fur stood on end of note of urgency in Grandpa's voice. Quick! hissed Grandpa again. Run! Rusty prepared to spring into the bushes, not knowing which way was safe to jump. It was too late. A voice meowed behind him, firm and matching. What's going on here? Rusty turned to see a large gray she-cat strolling magnificently out the, from the underground. She was magnificent, white hair streaked her muzzle, and an ugly scar parted the fur across her shoulders, but her smooth gray coat shone like silver in the moonlight. Blue Star, besides Rusty, Graypaw crouched down, and narrowed his eyes. He crouched even lower when a second cat, a handsome golden tabby, followed the gray cat onto the clearing. You shouldn't be so near true, true like place, Graypaw, growled the golden tabby angrily, narrowing his green eyes. I know, Lionheart, I'm sorry. Graypaw looked down at his posture. 
First, he copied Grandpa and crouched low to the forest floor, his eyes twitching nervously. These cats had, had an air of strength he had never seen in any of his garden friends. Maybe what Smudge has warned him about was true. Who is this? asked the she-cat. Rusty flitched as he murmured, turned her gaze on him. His peer, her pierced blue eyes made him feel even more vulnerable. He's no tread, meowed Greyfuck quickly. He's not another clan warrior, just a two-like pet from beyond our territories. Just a two-like pet? The word inflamed Rusty, but he held his tongue. His wor- the warning look in Blue Star's eyes told him that she had observed his- the anger in his eyes, and he looked away. This is Bluestone. She's the leader of my clan. Grandpa hissed to Randy un- under his breath. And Lionheart, he's my mentor, which means he's training me to be a warrior. Thank you for the introduction, Grandpa, meowed Lionheart coolly. Gr- Bluestar was still staring at Rusty. You fight well for a two-legged pet, he meowed. Rusty and Grandpa exchanged co- Confused glances. How could she know? We have been watching you both, Grandpa went on, as if she has read their tongues. We are wondering how you would deal with an insurer, Grandpa. He attacked him bravely. Grandpa looked pleased as at Blue Star's praise. Sit up now, both of you. Blue Star looked at Rusty. You too, kitty pet. He sat up immediately and held Bluestar's gaze, even as he addressed him. You retired well to attack, Kitty Pet. Grandpa is stronger than you, but you use your wits to defend yourself, and you turned to face him with the chase when he chased you. I have not seen a Kitty Pet do that before. Rusty managed to nod his thanks. They... Taken a buck, he shook, suck unexpected praise. The words went surprisingly him even more. I've been wondering how you would perform out here, beyond a two-like place. We patrol this board of frequency, so I have often seen you sitting on your boundary, staring out into the forest. And now, at last, you've dared to place your paws here. Blue Star stared at Rusty thoughtfully. You would... You do seem to have a natural hunting ability. Sharp eyes. You would have caught the mouse if it not if you not hesitated so long. R- really? Rusty stammered. Lion Paw's heart spoke now. His deep meow was respectful but instant. Blue start. This is a kitty pet. He shouldn't be hunt. He should be hunting in Thunderclan territory. Send him home to his two legs. Rusty prickled at Lionheart dismissed words. Send me home, he mild impatiently. Bluestar's words have made him glow with pride. She has noticed him. He has been impressed by him. But I have only come here to hunt for a mouse or two. I am sure that there is enough to go around. Bluestar has turned her head to acknowledge, to acknowledge Lionheart's words. Now her gaze snapped back to Rusty. Her blue eyes were blazing with anger. There's never enough to go around, she's back. 
If you didn't live such a soft, overfed life, you would know that. Rusty was confused by Blue Star's sudden rage, but one glass at the horrified look on Grandpa's face was enough to tell him that he had spoken too freely. Lionheart stepped to his leader's side. Boat warriors loomed over him now. Rusty looked into Blue Star's treading stare and his pride dis- dissolved. They were not cozy fireside cats who were dealing with they were with. They were mean, hungry cats who were probably going to finish what Graypaw started. This was chapter one. I hope you've enjoyed it. See you on the next episode, warriors.